0: A very warm welcome. You're listening to The Bon Re Show on Antriona Station. Today is Thursday, so we'll be talking about the Irish government and all things to do with the Irish government. So an interesting story came out um, about a Hong Kong property tycoon. Um, He wants to pitch a new city idea to Ireland. It's quite an interesting story. It's in the English paper, The Guardian. Um, so this property tycoon wants to build a city to host 50,000 Hong Kongers. so this it sounds quite an interesting I'm not really sure whether I, I think it's a good idea or not, but it's an interesting one. Um, so they they're basically want the, to build a city um, that's from between Belfast and Dublin. The plan would include schools um, to teach Cantonese um, and it'll be a city within a city. It, it, they have six locations in consideration, and the sites are between Drogheda and Dundalk near to the, the border. Um, they want within striking distance of the Dublin airport. That's a bit strange because Belfast has an airport, so I don't know why they need to be beside Dublin airport. But anyway, um, and Dublin or the Belfast is an international airport like dublin but anyway that's what it says um he goes on to say he likes Ireland for the reasons of manufacture manufacturing and biomedical companies um so so that's why they're pitching to Ireland um it's it's an interesting idea um I, apparently though after talking to somebody in foreign affairs um a spokesperson in dublin confirmed that the talks with coal, appeared to have poured cold water on the idea. Um, following the initial approach in December 2019, um, the department had limited contact with the individuals involved to provide helpful and realistic guidance about Ireland, since providing guidance has been no further action taken by the department in this matter, they said. That's, hmm. They go on to say his original... Pitch reported in the Times last weekend, um, had five hundred thousand Hong Kongers over fifty square meter. Now I think this is probably what the Irish government is probably sticking because I can't see them why they wouldn't do. But maybe that they feel that it, and it would be quite surrogated Um, so you'd have like a whole culture within another culture. Um, as I said I'm not really sure how I feel about this some part of me thinks it's great and it'd be really good Hong Kongers are fantastic people and you know what I actually think we should do that with a lot of countries I actually do think we should make a South African area for South Africans um, who it's particularly unsafe for white South Africans um, in South Africa at the moment so I do think It's a good idea to help out, um, particularly real refugees, because we've been taking in fake refugees that are mainly men from Middle Eastern um, Islamic countries. So this is a really chance, and the Hong Kongers are in a bad place. So I actually do think it's a good idea. Now, I'd say the Irish government, rightly or wrongly, probably feel that it would be um, surrogated from the rest of the Irish community so it's a, an interesting kind of thing and if it did happen in Dundalk it would be great because Dundalk is very run down and has had a lot of these fake refugees in um, and have had a lot of problems up in that sort of area and um, so I think it'd be brilliant to actually Longford would be brilliant to do it in Longford because that has been flooded with fake refugees so it would be good to actually <laughs> balance it out with some people who actually would be productive and good for the country um so i do think that that's um, absolutely it would be a good idea Um so they go they on to say that that's why they picked Ireland was because of the manufacturing and biomedical companies the original pitch was for five hundred thousand Hong Kongers over 500 square kilometers um, I think, like I think, it's a good idea. I don't know how practical this is. Um, it goes on to say that replacing the Hong Kong model was not suitable, as it was imposing something that the Hong Kong people would, feed, would be seen as surrogated from the rest of the population. So they changed to another model. The new version will follow a host of political system. Third co. Um, We don't have a separate border or our own country, just a new city to let Hong Kong people live together. Um, At the same time, integrate with local business so we can maximise the benefits from both sides. He goes on to say that he hopes to continue on talks with Ireland um, once the restrictions from COVID is eased, um, to meet local people and inspect the potential sites. Um, the attractions are Ireland include its low population. He went on to say he was considering additional other countries, which he declined to name. Ireland has the infrastructure in place to cope with the expansion. Settlers from Hong Kong would enjoy a fast pace of broadband, access three airports and seven universities to be able to commute from Northern Ireland should they prefer to live in the UK. Um, and. Because I'll say, after China's recent imposing of national security laws has prompted huge population on leaving Hong Kong, and the British government promised to provide assistance and relocation. So it's, a, it's quite an interesting thing, project for Ireland, and I actually think it's actually a good idea for the Irish. It's definitely a good idea for the Hong Kongers. So they'd have a little city within a city and they're close to the UK and as the UK government promised them to look after them. It's a fantastic idea Um, and I I think Ireland would be a great place for them and I think they Ireland would benefit hugely from them because, as I said earlier, it's not like the fake refugees that we have. These people are fantastic and they are willing to work and it's not like the, the people who come in, the fake refugees that we've taken in, who are mainly... So I see this as a very good opportunity for the Irish government to pull its act together. Um, It's about time they do something with the British and stop, um, you know, move away from the whole EU. They need to start getting closer links with the British again. um, And this would be a good opportunity for them. Because there isn't really a future in the EU for Ireland. Now that the UK have gone... There isn't. And we only joined the EEC to trade with the British. And I think it's time that we look at leaving the EU. Um, If it survives anyway, it's more than likely going to collapse soon. Irish government continuing to see that they are the EU and that they're not an independent country or sovereignty, where the British have gone completely opposite way and said we are an independent sovereign country. Irish government needs to work with Britain and away from the EU. And if they don't get that, we're in a very dangerous situation, a very vulnerable situation, because eighty-five billion trade link with the UK is at risk at these uncertain times because of how the Irish government and Neil has tried to force their view on Brexit with the British, and it didn't go down well. And you know, with the British, memories are long. They will remember this. Um, so, I mean, the Irish government has no choice but to try and patch this up. And not by being part of the EU, by going in as a spokesperson for the EU. They very much need to solve this for Ireland, for the 85 billion trade. And also, it needs to be sorted out is our fisheries. And not for the EU and stop seeing themselves as the EU, but for Ireland, our fisheries need to be sorted out with the British. And the Irish government needs to tackle this with the EU. I don't see any other way that we need to look at leaving the EU because we need to trade with Britain. We need our fishing back. We need our farming secured. We need a police service with the UK and we need to join forces um even uh, like separately but join forces with the army because we have no proper army we've no proper protection so and this is a great opportunity with the Hong Kongers to come over because part of the British Empire so the British have a an obligation to look after them, and have also said that they will do that. So this is important that they do that, and this is a good time for the Irish to step up and say to the Hong Kongers, for Britain that they will do it on the border. So if they want to go across there, they they can do it. So this is it's a really good opportunity as the Dutch step into the British shoes and um, through um, budget negotiations and have. A sensible approach to the to the the budgets and are the only country who's standing up to to this massive amount of money that countries are taking out and borrowing and masses of money that they're having to repay back so you know the Dutch are now as loggerheads because they've been forced into that position now that the British have left which was the British were the ones who were sensible with the negotiations So the the Dutch are now being forced into this position and have been now called the New British as if it's something, you know, bad, where they're just being sensible about the amount of money being told to be repaid. So, you know, I see this as a time that the Irish government really needs to actually step up and yet go for the Hong Kongers and then try and build a relationship so broken because of the EU and because Leo had decided to step up and think he was a spokesperson for the EU rather than looking after Ireland's interests and the Irish interests and allowing so many refugees into this country who aren't really refugees, putting Ireland in a dangerous situation. And so I think it's time for the Irish government to, to see that we need our fisheries sorted out, the police, we need the army, all of these need to be looked at. And the 85 billion trade links with the United Kingdom needs to be looked at. And these, th- this position needs to be done as soon as possible. The Irish government and media needs to realise Britain has left the EU. We need to step up and heal that relationship for so many reasons. And stop with the rubbish journalism with, oh, Britain has, you know, sorry that they've gone. Like They've been saying this propaganda for so long. I mean, it was obvious from the very beginning that the Britain was going to leave. But the journalists and the Irish government kept telling you other. And people believed in this country other. So first of all, David Cameron only got in because he promised an election for the EU, that he promised the people... And it took him about two years to give the people. But that was the reason why he was voted in. When he was voted in, he, as I said, two years. So finally he got it. But he didn't want Brexit. He only got in knowing that he'd get in if he promised them an election. So he gave them an election about two years later when he was forced into it. And they voted out. Now people say it was very close. It was a million in the difference. Yes, the population is high in the UK but it was a million in the difference so that is quite a big substantial amount so then after that they didn't give it it was delay delay with Theresa May delay 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 kind of half in half out not really giving the British what they wanted so again they had another choice and this was for the general election to vote in somebody who has promised Brexit and that was Boris Johnson. And he got a vast majority of the votes. Unlike the Irish government, who were, where it's like Leo only got counted in on the fifth count. Micheál Martin was ridiculous as well, I think it was the seventh count. I mean, all of them should be told to go. If you've not been counted in on the first count, then you should just be go, particularly if you have a prominent position unlike Boris Johnson, who got vast majority of the votes. So this rubbish, and today I'm looking at more journalism from the Irish Times, Fintan O'Toole, going on, if, you know, British are so happy, then, you know, they, they spent all this money on propaganda. a propaganda. The British wanted this, absolutely wanted this, since before David Cameron. That is why they voted for David Cameron, because he promised them that he would give them the election. Why do the Irish journalists and the Irish government refuse to see this? It's too late anyway. They are gone. And it's too late for your rubbish of your your rubbish your, on your on the papers. Too late to do that. Now is the time to heal the relationship with the United Kingdom because it's 85 billion trade. It's time to stop all your the rubbish about, you know, they didn't really want to leave, they weren't really sure what it is, they really regret it. They don't regret it. It is what they want. They want to be an independent and sovereign country. They don't want to be part of United States of Europe. And they never did. And most countries didn't either. I mean, I believe the Irish now are so brainwashed by the media and the government that they think the EU is the best thing that ever happened to them. It's like, come in, take over our country. We're so happy that you came in here. They didn't even need to... to shoot one bullet, they were like, "Thank you, yeah, this is great. We can't run our own country. Here's our waters. Here's our seas. Here's our farms. Ridiculous. And we'll borrow some money and then we'll pay you back a ridiculous amount of money, and then we'll pay forty three percent of the euro banking crisis on a tiny population, and we believe that we're doing a great thing by being in the EU. It's it's crazy. The journalists." And the Irish government have all convinced you that the best thing is to give up your independence and sovereignty and become this multicultural state where you've no you've no language you've no in you've no independence you've no sovereignty you have nothing you're not even a nation anymore you're something of Europe which isn't really because Europe isn't Europe anymore and it's a so-called multi-diverse place where <laughs> Africa has been more than welcome to move into it. This is ridiculous. Destroying countries is what the EU has been doing. And these open borders with Merkel, bringing in terrorists and people with terrible views of women and putting women in Europe in danger and destroying European countries. Again, thank you very much for listening on The Bon Show. Tomorrow is Friday, so we will be looking at the US and what's going on in the US. Again, thank you very much for listening, and share, share this program. There won't be time to share our love,
1: so we say goodbye.
2: Wasn't that a full life, Lily? And isn't this a
3: good end? James Connolly?
1: As we gather in the chapel here In Old Kilmainham Jail I think about these last few weeks Oh, will they say we fail? From our school days They have told us we must yearn for liberty Yet all I want in this dark place, just have you here with me. Oh, grace, just hold me in your arms and let this moment linger. They take me out at dawn and I will die. With all my love, I place this wedding ring upon your finger there won't be time to share with them so we must say
2: goodbye now I know it's hard for you my love to ever understand the love I bear for these brave men my love for this brave land. But when Poiré called me to his side down in the GPO, I had to leave my own sick bed. To him, I had to go.
1: How oh, gracious, hold me in your, your arms and let. The small moon linger. They take me out at dawn and I will die. With all my love, I place this wedding ring upon your finger. There won't be time to share love, so. Won't be time to share our love So we will say goodbye
2: Wasn't that a full life, Lily? And isn't this a good end? James Connolly Before you feel grimly here how the evening hart Down a Sam Callenderum scale. I thought me and my There she lay, gonna go sometimes. But I can't She must the towering So let my see Spawn and blow her, it's can't it lick my Spawn Trauma is anything
1: I sat within the barley green, I
4: set me with my true love. My sad heart strove the two between the old love and the new love, the old for her, the new that made me think God I Soft the wind blow down the glade and shook the golden barley. Twas hard the woeful words to frame to break the ties that bound us, and harder still to share the pain of foreign chains around us. And so I said the mountain glen, I'll meet at morning early, and I'll join the bold united men while soft winds shook the barley. Twas sad I kissed away her tears, my fond arm round her flinging. When a foreman's shuffler stung our ears From out the wild woods ringing A bullet pierced my true love's sight In life's young spring so early And on my breast in blood she died With soft winds shook the barley But blood for blood, without remorse, I've tampered to Tertullo. I've lain my true love's clay-like corpse, where I'll fall soon must follow. Around her grave I've wandered
3: drear,
4: and night and night Within the barley green, I set me with my true love. My sad heart strove the two between the old love and the new love, the old for her, the new. The golden barley. Twas hard the woeful words to frame, to break the ties that bound us, and harder still to share the pain of foreign chains around us. And so I said, The mountain glen, I'll meet at my Barley, 'twas sad I kissed away her tears, my fond arm round her flinging. When a foreman shuffler stung our ears from out the wild woods, ringing, a bullet pierced my. True barley but blood for blood without remorse I've hammer to tallow. I've lain my true loves clay like corpse where I'll fall soon must follow around her grave I've wandered the tree and night and night